It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are locked on Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Jen Latta from ESPN and ESPN Milwaukee is on the show today for Expert Tuesday. Really excited to talk to her because she used to be in Milwaukee doing a lot of Packers coverage and now she's back. And so it'll be fun to get, you know, she kind of came in, had to had to get up to speed. And so she's got a, a particularly unique view, I think, on this Packers season because she came in from the outside a little bit and parachuted in and, and now she's in the middle of it. And so, you know, she's not she's not jaded by the way that Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy ended and some of that stuff. She just gets to come in with with fresh eyes. And and sometimes we need that. So I'm excited to to get her in here and and talk about this team. Let's start the show though with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And a discussion that I think is vital to the outcome of this game on Sunday. In the divisional round, Yes, Tampa Bay won 30-20, to and they scored 10 points in the fourth quarter, and they pull away in a game that really was nip and tuck for, for much of the day. But if you, if you watched it, it didn't feel like a game that the Bucs won by 10. It didn't feel like a game that they were dominating by any means. It didn't feel like a game, frankly, where they played well enough to score 30 points. Tom Brady, 18 of 33, under 200 yards. Uh, their leading rusher, Leonard Fournette, 17 carries, 63 yards. Leading receiver, Cam Brate, four receptions, 50 yards. Mike Evans does basically nothing in this game outside of one catch at the goal line. I joked with David Harrison from Locked on Bucks on our Locked on NFL show on Monday that he was basically a goal line tight end. In terms of the statistical comparison between the games that these two teams played on Sunday, they both had... 20 first downs. The Bucs were 8 of 17 on third down. The Saints were 6 of 11. By percentage, basically the same. The Bucs put up 316 total yards. The New Orleans Saints put up 294 total yards. The Bucs, 4.6 yards per play. The Saints, 4.9. 189 passing to 190 passing. 
127 rushing to 104 rushing. Three of six in the red zone versus one of two. The big difference, the four turnovers by New Orleans. All three touchdowns that Tampa Bay scored, they scored off turnovers. Four turnovers, and you still barely outproduce the Saints offensively. Now, the Saints defense is pretty good. They had a really good game plan in the first two games. And if you want a reason to believe that the Packers can go beat the Bucs despite getting blown out in the first matchup, this is the reason. Because not only did the Packers turn the ball over in the first game, leading to that blowout, but the Bucs lost to the Saints twice and got blown out twice and still in the playoffs beat them. So if the Packers don't turn the ball over, and frankly, if the Saints just don't have the Jared Cook fumble, they might win. I mean, would you change that one play? They're going in, they're going to score, at least get a field goal. The whole game might be different. The whole game might be different. If the Packers do not turn the ball over on Sunday, they win. I, I think the game is rarely that simple. But I genuinely think this game is. Because if the Packers don't turn it over, I don't think this Buccaneers defense is good enough with the way the Packers are playing offensively to hold Green Bay in check. And if the Packers don't give the Buccaneers extra possessions... If you make the Buccaneers have to play a, a more straight line game, then it becomes much more difficult for them to score. And it, the the same was true, really, of that first matchup. I mean, the Packers, I understand they lost 38 to 10. Remember, they were up 10-0 in this game. They go pick six, interception that leads to a two-yard touchdown, and now it's 14-10. Everything just sort of went haywire from there. Tampa ends up a long drive for a touchdown. The Packers go three and out. Tampa long drive for a touchdown. But the second half, you know, I guess the game, you could say the game was over 28-10 and then Tampa makes it 31-10. The Packers were unable to do anything after that. The game flipped on the turnovers. The game totally flipped because the Packers had gone up 10-0. Forced to punt. And then Rodgers throws his pick six. Even if all Rodgers does in this game in week six is not throw that first back-breaking interception that gets returned for a touchdown, the whole game plays out differently. And then from there, it was easy. Play two deep safeties. The run game is a a non-option. And Green Bay is not going to be able to hit chunk plays down the field, which is exactly what happened. And and the pass rush started to get to Rodgers. Remember, the the Packers ran the ball effectively in this game. Matt LaFleur said yesterday he felt like they got away from it. They averaged four and a half yards per carry in this game. Jamal Williams hit a couple big ones. A.J. Dillon hit a big one. They were able to run the ball on the inside, which is something they did against the Rams. They knew against the Rams that those outside zone runs were a non-starter, 
even though they're the bread and butter of the Packers offense because this defense is just too fast. It's the same with Tampa. And although we found out, reports yesterday are that Vita Vea is going to be activated for this, or has a chance to be activated. He'll practice tomorrow. Uh, he's coming off a broken ankle. Now he's 340 pounds coming off a broken ankle. Even if he plays, he's not going to be 100%. You would expect he plays you know, maybe 15 snaps in this game, if any. I mean, Alan Lazard got activated off of core muscle surgery and didn't and didn't end up getting in the game for two weeks. So it's by no means a guarantee. This could just be, hey, you know, we got to get him out there. He's healthy. Let's see if we can get him some work, if he can get ready for games by game time. Great. And if he can't and we win, it's Super Bowl and, and we have an opportunity for him to play then. Right. So those are the things that you, you have to account for here. But the ability to run inside and run straight at the Rams was where Green Bay did their damage on Saturday. They can do that to this team. Even though this is one of the best run defenses in the league, you can run downhill on them. And what the the Buccaneers did in the second half of the game against the Saints was say, we just don't think you can beat us deep. And so we're going to load the box. And even if you do run downhill, It's not going to be good enough because we're going to have eight guys in the box because we know you can't make us pay down the field. And for everything that, you know, all the plaudits for Michael Thomas and, oh, he sets the record, not a downfield threat, even against a defense in the Rams that is built to not give up big plays. Green Bay hit two in-structure big plays, plus the second reaction Tanyan play at the end of the, the first half to set up the field goal and... They had another one dropped and another one Rodgers missed. They were able to get big plays on a defense that doesn't give up big plays. I mean, the Packers got more 50-plus yard plays against the Rams than the Rams had given up all season combined. That is the level that this offense is operating right now. They are going to be able to move the ball and score against Tampa Bay. The question is, can they hold on to the ball? Because if they can, then you force Tampa to be efficient with their drives. And remember, in that first matchup, there was no Alan Lazard. Devontae Adams was just coming back off his injury. No Kevin King. And and while, you know, the difference between Kevin King and Josh Jackson may not be huge, if at all, and, and longtime listeners know where I stand on this, it certainly may affect the way that Mike Patton plays. And this was before they made some of the changes up front in terms of the run defense and playing with that five-man front. It it was before they made the changes with Darnell Savage and his role. You go back and watch the tape of this game. There are a ton of times where they're playing that single high safety like 30 yards off the line of scrimmage. And maybe we see that again. You force Tom Brady to make plays down the field. I don't I don't know if that's going to be the way that they want to play it. Maybe they play, they play too deep with the five-man front. And you you have Darnell Savage roaming the middle of the field. There's a lot of different ways that they can play it, and, and we'll discuss some of them moving forward here. But the offense is the key. Because Tom Brady, you know, probably not gonna throw interceptions. Fumbles are are one of those things that are impossible to predict. If the Packers don't turn it over, if they don't give Tampa Bay extra possessions. They, were, they will be able to move the ball. They will be able to score. And based on what we saw last week, I don't know without the turnovers if this Bucks offense is consistent enough to
to be efficient enough to score enough to beat the Packers. And that's all the Packers need to know. That's all the Packers have to do is be more efficient with their drives than Tampa Bay is. And if they can do that, they win. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online, the NFC Championship, the AFC Championship. These are prime opportunities to make some money. The Super Bowl around the corner. You probably can't have a Super Bowl party this year. So have one in your wallet. Create one with your bank account and make some money betting on the Super Bowl. Sign up today at Bet Online for a free account and use the promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21 grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread. I don't know about you guys, but when I eat pizza, I eat it for the toppings, not the crust. And when I eat a sandwich, it's for what's inside the bread, not for the bread. But when I throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds, thin sliced bread from Dave's Killer Bread, it is the epitome of addition by subtraction. That thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich, but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste, killer texture, killer nutrition, a subtle sweetness, and a seed coated crust. Dave's Killer Bread is America's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store all right let's get to our conversation with jen latta you may know her from espn she hosts a radio show on ESPN Milwaukee. Follow her on Twitter at Jen Lada, L-A-D-A. Jen, it's great to be with you. Thanks for coming on Locked on Packers. I'm so excited. What a great run it has been for this team. It has been really remarkable to see this team. It is a, a shame that more people cannot be there, of course, to be a part of it. It's a shame that, frankly, you and I can't be there a little bit more often because the media has limited access to all of this, but no one is going to um, play their violins for us. I actually want to want to zoom back out for a second because uh, as media, you used to be in Milwaukee for Fox covering this this team with Tom Pippins and Tim Van Vorn. Do you have like fond, not fond memories, but like do you have vivid memories of some of the, the moments from that time? Yeah, I think it's funny how like you you remember the minutia, right? So I remember the early, early morning leaving Brown Deer, driving up to Green Bay, you know, it's a good hour and a half for us. Uh, yeah. You know, I think a lot of people realize that there's that commute involved. And then, you know, the conversations that we would have, whether it was regarding the teams or whether it was regarding life, like those are the fondest memories I have of those times covering the Packers. Certainly we covered awesome games and epic, you know, matchups and, and moments, right? Like I was there when Brett Favre announced his retirement. I remember him getting choked up and here's this like Iron Man who you, mm -hmm. you know, grew up idolizing and who had been the, you know, the fan favorite for, for more than a decade. And, you know, to see him going through the emotional and navigating that space was something that like, I'll always remember. But yeah, I mean, 
I remember the cold, cold, frigid games, right, which always comes to mind about this time of year where you'd sure. have to throw on like six different layers to do your live <laughs> shots outside because, you know, your lips would freeze or your tongue would just stop working mid-report. It was so cold. Um, so, yeah, I mean, lots of games, but it's all of like the little things in between that really stand out to me from those seven years in Milwaukee. Well, they were they were seven great years for the people that got to watch it. Now, the great thing, Locked on Packers, uh, sort of gets to uh, carry on your tradition because Lily's Al from Fox 6 comes on every Wednesday to do a hit and she is great. So uh, we get to we get to sort of bring it full circle here with you. You are uh, back in Milwaukee now. And so what has it been like this season? You get to be on the radio now every day talking about it or not every day, but you get to be on the radio talking about it. What has been your impression uh, of this team's journey this season? Well, first of all, being thrown right back into it when the season started, I realized that there was going to be a learning curve. I hadn't been covering <laughs> this team right. intimately for the last, you know, however many years. When I, say. I haven't been in Wisconsin covering the Packers, uh, you know, for seven years. So it was really like, okay, Jen, like, let's get caught up. Let's figure out some of the things that have happened, some of the storylines, right? Because um, you cover everything from such a larger scale when you're doing it nationally. Right. And obviously at Fox 6, Packers would dominate all of our sportscasts. But nationally, it's maybe a minute in the Saturday morning slash Sunday morning slash Monday morning sports center. So it's just interesting to like get back into like the micro coverage of a team. I think the thing that stood out to me the most about this Packers team this year has been all of the criticism at the beginning of the year for the personnel. And the thought was that you hadn't surrounded Aaron Rodgers once again with enough talent for him to get to the Super Bowl. And we all, you know, agree that when you have a once in a generation or in the Packers case, twice in a generation type talent at the quarterback position, you expect to be in the Super Bowl more frequently than they have been. So I think there was a lot of frustration from the fan base going in thinking, why didn't you support him with more top level elite talent? And now here you are in the NFC championship game on the brink of going to the Super Bowl. And maybe the brass knew what they were doing. Maybe Matt LaFleur's scheme with the jet sweeps and the motion and just, you know, getting the ball out of Aaron Rodgers hand when he needs to, maybe it's doing more than enough to overcome the perceived lack of talent. You mentioned the, this having to get back into the swing of things. I'm, I'm interested. You were, uh, you know, doing a lot of the the profiles and and stuff on college game day and and these great sit downs, especially with college athletes. Now that you're back in the in the muck of the NFL, has your perspective on the pro game changed after you know covering the college side of it for so long? Not really my perspective on the game has changed. Certainly there are rules that you could argue back and forth about who does it better, the NFL or college. But I think it's more of access. Like you just have so much more access to players at the collegiate level than yeah. you do in the NFL. So you have an ability to do these in-depth, sit-down stories that really let people get to know them. Now, some of those kids make their way to the professional ranks and then you know those stories still stand if it's as far as like some of the adversity they've faced uh, on their journeys but that's the tough part is look you're just not seeing those like really heartfelt stories personal stories about nfl players because you don't have the access and this year peter is so it's so much more obvious we talk about this with our guy jason wildy all the time you don't realize how much information you glean 
being in a locker room, being in a clubhouse in regards to baseball, when you just like are observing interactions or you get a vibe as you walk past guys chatting and you just pick up on things that then you are intuitive enough to ask about. And sometimes those lead to some of the biggest stories. Not having access in the locker room this year has really done the fans a disservice because we, the media, the conduits are the ones who see those little, those little notes, those little nuggets, kind of like the breadcrumbs of Hansel and Gretel, if you will, and are able to then do full-fledged stories off of those things. So that access to me has really, it's really been disappointing. And I understand why, obviously, but it really, in my opinion, has affected some of the stories that have been told this year on the NFL side. I can't tell you how many beat writers and reporters came on this show last year and talked about the vibe of the team, the energy of the team. It was so important for this team in particular, and you just have to believe that the same kind of thing is going on this year. They seem so locked in. They seem like they are all playing for each other, and I'm sure if we were able to get more access that we would be getting some really good stories about that kind of stuff. You are in, uh, I would say, the the biggest hub of Packer fandom, though not in Green Bay, and and you get access to the the radio callers and those kinds of things. So we can't get the vibe from the players. What is your vibe as a radio host now from the fans that you hear from in the city and all of that? Thrilled, excited, validated. Um, you know, I often talk about the national perception of Wisconsin sports Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, we have some of the best sports teams in the country here and they don't get the level of respect or coverage nationally that some of their lesser counterparts do. Um, so, and I can say that from having worked on the national stage and, you know, reminding people that Aaron Rodgers is an MVP, you know, caliber quarterback, reminding people that Christian Yelich is an MVP. My goodness, the conversations that I've had about Giannis and where he ranks is in the pantheon of NBA players would exhaust most Milwaukee and Wisconsin sports fans. Um, so it is interesting how that always shakes out, like as far as the, the level of respect. Fans here, though, like they recognize that this may be the end of the Aaron Rodgers era. Maybe not this year, but it's eminent. And I mentioned earlier this idea that his years were somewhat wasted, um, whether that's the McCarthy situation and, and them not really seeing eye to eye, whether it does go back to the talent they've put around him. Sometimes they've just come up against bad matchups in some of these games. Um, but I do think that this year feels like the reward for a lot of those seasons where it has felt like we have one of the best, if not the best player in the game on our team. Why are we not seeing more tangible results, you know, being in Super Bowls and being in the big game? So that's, I think a lot of fans feel vindicated this year. Certainly, certainly some vindication. I I will say that I do still hear from fans about, hey, Jordan Love, and imagine what this team would be like uh, with with the first round pick that actually played and all of that stuff. I don't know why we we can't just enjoy it sometimes, but look, that's that's the nature of of being a fan. With this team and and this rematch with Tampa Bay, we saw in week six that that the Packers just sort of imploded in that game. How much do you think that will be on the minds of these players and and, and at least be a motivating factor when it comes to the game on Sunday? Well, I hope they're not thinking too much about the game per se. Uh, you know, I don't 
again, I think that some of those things were so fluky, right? The Dean yeah. interception as he was shadowing Adams. Rodgers is still going to throw the ball to Adams, right? Like, this is a guy who really doesn't turn the ball over. So, to me, that game was like the anomaly. The, the second pick, again, I think he was forcing it to Adams that time when Edwards, you know, got his hand on the ball and then returned it to the two-yard line. Like, fluky, multiple interceptions. You followed Aaron Rodgers. That just doesn't happen. No. Um, so I'm not as concerned about the game going similarly. I also think that you can't really get a good blueprint on what's going to happen with Green Bay v. Tampa by watching or New Orleans v. Tampa. They just play such different offenses, <laughs> right? And we talked about you know the jet sweeps and the motion that Matt LaFleur has and having one of the best deep ball throwers in the game in Aaron Rodgers. Hello, that is not Drew Brees and company, right? <laughs> like that game was so boring because it was, you know, a lot of slants, a lot of dinks, a lot of dunks, and Drew Brees just couldn't move the ball more than 15 yards down the field. So yeah, if you're Tampa Bay, you can just tee off, right? You're just teeing off on them. So look, um, do I think that they have talent? Of course I do. Do I think they have it on both sides of the ball? Obviously. I think Gronk looks really slow. I was re-watching the game from week six this morning, and I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, yes, he's, he's good in the blocking. He, you know, he blocks pretty well, and I think occasionally he's, he's a nice threat, but he's not getting yak. Like, there's no yak for Gronk because he right. moves so slow down the field. <laughs> he might catch it just over the change and pick, pick you up a first down. But um, that was another takeaway um, that they just don't match up talent wise. And so, yes, Tom Brady is very good. He's never been very mobile, but you have to put pressure on him in this game. If you let him sit back there and, you know, dance around a little bit. And by that I mean, I don't mean, I certainly don't mean laterally. I just mean up and down, up and down, up and down like he does and pat the ball a few times. Then, yeah, they. It might burn you deep. I thought Bray played a great game last weekend, and I was, um, you know, thinking that he's coming on as a good uh, target for Brady. But if you can get pressure on Brady and you can, like, start to come on, like this defense has started to come on with Kenny Clark and company and Rashawn Gary, then I think that you're going to be successful. I just think that um, people are nervous because of the matchup, but I don't think that these teams are the same now as they were that week. Jen, I know you're a runner. I, I would like to see you, you and Gronk in a forty because I think I think you could give him a run for his money. That guy, he's running in cement right now. It, it really is remarkable here. Um, I, I know that that you're you're uh, doing the the local radio stuff, so make sure that my audience knows when they can listen to you, um, where they can find you, all that good stuff. Well, I appreciate that. So I am uh, co-hosting Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. It's on ESPN Milwaukee, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central. Uh, and we have a lot of fun. We have a fart gun in the studio, um, <laughs> courtesy of Despicable Me. That's what happens when you have kids and you have just random props lying around. Um, there's a lot of, you know, movie references. And we do power rankings, not just on sports, but on all, you know, all sorts of things. We did a JK power rankings a few weeks ago after JK Scott had a particularly unimpressive game. So, of course, you're talking about J.K. Rowling and J.K. Simmons and J.K. as in just kidding. Um, and so those conversations always kind of take on a life of their own. But um, it's been a lot of fun. Certainly, we're riding high with the Packers doing well. Big Bucks game, you know, coming up tonight and, you know, continuing to follow that team. So it's been a really great time, Peter, to be back in the Milwaukee area, to be covering with 
affects Wisconsin sports and to have a voice, you know, where you can weigh in on some of these lighter topics and it doesn't really affect your credibility. Because early in my career, Peter, I was so concerned about people taking me seriously Mm -hmm. and making sure that I was, you know, giving them the information and that they would walk away going, okay, she definitely knows what she's talking about when it comes to sports. But I'm 40 years old now and now it's like, they know that stuff. Like, let me show this other side of my personality. And that's, you know, it's been well received so far. Your, your side rankings were somewhat controversial though, Jen. (laughs) I don't even remember my side rankings now. That's how long ago that was. Uh, What was the one I was, I was working on something the other day and it just wouldn't come together. I usually stick them in my Twitter drafts. Um, Let me see if I can pull it up. Side. I just remember sidewalks was too high. Sidewalks are incredibly important. You have a kid now, Peter. You, if you didn't have sidewalks, trust me, you would miss them. <laughs> all right, all right, you've sold me on it. Uh, I, I'm, I am also very glad that you get a chance to show off your personality, because I have to say, since you've been been doing this, you are killing it on Twitter. I, I love it. It's great. Um, and and thanks for coming on. Well, that is very nice of you. You can follow me at Jen Latta on Twitter, and I will try to continue to bring you all of the bad dad jokes. (laughs) All right. I want to thank Jen again for joining the show. Always great to talk to her. I actually first met her when she was working at Fox, and I was an intern at AM620 covering the Brewers one summer, uh, and, and it was great. Uh, It was great to see her, and it was great to talk to her again. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all of the parts you need for your car in a traditional storefront. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions while you wait for the counterman to look up parts on his computer? RockAuto.com is the solution. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oils, and even new carpet. And Rock Auto always has reliably low prices, the same for professionals as do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts. Go to rockauto.com now and see all the parts for your car or truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big-time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long waits. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow. Zao you doing the NFC Championship edition of Zao you doing and our Fox 6 full circle.
Jen Latta leaves. She goes to ESPN. We get Lily in in Green Bay. She comes to Milwaukee. Now she's at Fox 6. And now they're both unlocked on Packers in back-to-back days. You absolutely love to see it. We did also find out in the Matt LaFleur press conference yesterday, it sounds like A.J. Dillon is going to be good to go for Sunday. Just another reason to get that inside running game going. Jamal Williams ran hard on Saturday. We obviously know what Aaron Jones is able to do creating those chunk plays. I mean, he can hit a 60-yarder at any time and change the complexion of any game that he's in. And then Dillon is in there to just grind out yards. He played well against Tampa the first time. That was really you know, the, the first time we got an opportunity to see, oh, this guy's got a little, there's a little something here. There's a little juice here. And and that, I think, is something that we are going to have to see more from uh, him in, in this game. If for no other reason, then it's going to be an absolute battle in the trenches. You got to keep everyone fresh. And uh, it's going to be a physical game. You want someone like A.J. Dillon out there. 25 degrees right now is the forecast. There is snow in the forecast for now. We'll see if that continues. That would be awesome. Uh, Packers, Bucks, Rodgers against Brady for a chance to go to the Super Bowl in Lambeau in the snow. It's hard to ask for much better than that. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.